Hello friends and welcome back to the Rise and Shine podcast. Today I had the ultimate pleasure of talking to one of my good friends, Juliette Bellicosa. This conversation has truly been a treat to me and I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Okay, so before we jump into today's episode, I just wanted to give you a few words of wisdom. First, if you enjoy today's episode, please subscribe to my podcast. It would really mean the world. You can also, you know, share this episode with somebody else or give me a positive review on Apple Podcasts. That would be amazeballs. But um, if you're just here to, you know, listen in, that's cool too. Um, I just wanted to maybe give a little disclaimer to today's episode because Juliet and I, we are talking about a topic that is usually perceived as pretty superficial and that is being a woman in the modern world and also presenting yourself as such. And I think it's important though because, you know, we all, like not real, but like some of us are women or identify as female and we want to be seen as such as well. And I think Juliet and I did a good job at giving this topic a very profound spin and presenting it as something that goes deeper than just what meets the eye. And I think that is um, super interesting to me personally and there's definitely a lot of stuff that I can still learn and Juliet in my opinion was the perfect person to learn from in that case because she has an air about herself where she just effortlessly masters the um, you know portraying this femininity to the outside and that is just something that I am working on all the time how to be you know female feminine but also be a badass bitch if I can say it like that and yes Juliet is just the person in my personal life who masters this the best so I thought we all me and you together can learn from her in this episode okay so now I don't want to talk to you any further but I just want to give the floor to Juliet so please enjoy today's episode Juliet, I'm very happy that you joined me today for the uh, podcast. Thanks for yeah. having me. This is so cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy you're here. And um, before we get started, could you just maybe tell our audience who you are and um, what you're doing? Cool. No, thanks, Yolanda. <laughs> I, um, I'm Juliet. I am a third-year PhD student in Italian studies at UPenn. Uh, Joanna and I met in my first year of the PhD program and became instant friends and were sort of each other's wing woman um, before before getting uh, getting saddled with our boyfriends. So um, so no, I'm really happy to be here and and I'm really grateful to, for Joanna and for doing this. One of the reasons I thought you would be a great guest on the podcast is because something that I really um, see in you and also admire about you is that you always have this kind of poise of glamour around you and that whenever you whenever I see you you always look like you just came out of a spa or something like that you always seem to be like so like fresh and um I don't know you you never you never seem to be 
like me who wakes up in the morning and you know all of my my hair is all messed up and everything's nasty and when I think of you I, I imagine you wake up just the way I see you right now so I don't know it's something that I that I think is re really mesmerizing and that I'm personally very interested in because I want to know how to do that and um yeah let's just talk about that a little bit thank you for those lovely um comments I, I hope I don't burst your bubble uh, as I describe what I actually look like in the morning um no but I definitely take a lot of time to um to curate my appearance it's something that I care about mostly because it just it's, it is really like kind of it is psychological in the sense that you feel a sense of confidence mm -hmm. when when you feel like you look good Mm -hmm. and it's and it's a total mirage you know in the morning just like everybody else you know I look like a hot mess you know I ha I wear glasses I you know I my hair isn't you know fully you know fully combed and um and I don't wear makeup in the morning you know and all that stuff but then but then when I you know go out into the world I want to go into it feeling really good about myself and projecting an image of myself that I'm, that I'm, you know, confident and mm -hmm. that I'm, you know, ready to take anything on for the day and my clothes and the way I dress or, you know, the, the way I do my makeup or things like that, they all contribute um, to mm -hmm. my sort of sense self, you know, my self-esteem. Yeah. That's, that's so interesting. Part of it. Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, I think the first time that I ever thought about really curating myself in, you know, the way that you just described where I really think about how I put myself together. Um, that was, I think, actually after the third year of graduate school when I when I was completely burnt out and I realized, um, dang, like, what am I doing with myself? I need to start um, thinking about these kind of things because I don't, I don't want to look washed up. Actually, washed up is very cool. I just discovered this. It's a word that the uh, Gen Z apparently uses. Mm -hmm. And it just, they use it to describe um, us, <laughs> like our generation. You're kidding. Yeah, no, it's it's Here. actually, it's, it's a thing. They, they use it to describe us um, and the way that we, I don't know, are like not up to date with what yeah it's it's absurd but I, I really like it the, you know to, to use that word as well because it just when I say washed up it just gives me this image of somebody <laughs> who just barely makes it and is like stranded and just hangs on that's how I felt after my third year of grad school so I, f I was completely washed up and then you know like I said I started to try to develop some of these things for myself and I think it's really cool because you know what I when I first started doing it it felt really artificial it felt it felt really like oh like is this really me um what am I doing like is this am I being you know a superficial person now because I'm trying to like project something but when I you know when I look at you I, I don't like it doesn't strike me as something um, artificial like you know it's just mm. I think uh, for you it's more of like a natural like poise that you have and so how I don't know how did you get there like how did you get from you know really thinking about curating yourself to just making it part of you and who you are how does that work so I mean it definitely 
I think it definitely had a lot to do with the fact that I grew up in New York City. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a, you know, for all of your listeners that have been to New York City, I'm sure they can imagine what, you know, um, what that uh, looks like. And, uh, you know, so I was constantly exposed to, you know, people seeing people on the sidewalk, you know, and dressed beautifully and in, you know, the sort of seeing in the windows, these top designers. And it was something also that my mom paid attention to, mm-hmm. you know, she, you know, she, when she was working, um, you know, uh, uh, as a criminal defense lawyer, she was very conscious of how she dressed. And that was, and she was, you know, had no qualms about you know, wearing designers and looking, you know, looking beautiful and professional. And I think that then translated to me and sort of the way that I then dress, you know, she and I kind of developed a relationship um, based on fashion and based on our interest in clothing. Mm -hmm. And it's something that to this day, you know, I really don't shop without my mom, you know, because it's just, it, it just like, it, it, it's sort of, she's my talisman, you know, I have to kind of do it with her. And, and I think so leading by her example, I learned how to dress and not necessarily in complicated ways, you know, you just kind of build a sense of style that's your own and that works for you. And I think lots of times women, you know, they, they, they want to wear the it you know, outfit, but so much, some, I've learned for myself that it's so much more about something that's flattering for you, that really complements your body and your unique, you know, your unique curvatures. And that's not something that is always reflected in the it outfit. You know, I can't wear a crop top to save my life. I'm never going to wear a crop top. I'm never going to wear a bra as a shirt. Like, absolutely not. But that's just me, you know, and I Mm -hmm. can't pull that off. So it it also comes with a certain self-awareness and that comes with trial and error. I have, you know, I definitely, you know, in high school, I, you know, I had my fair share of faux pas. Um, And then when I moved, you know, and then when I moved to Milan from New York City, that I think was, you know, the cherry on the cake. You know, that really, the girls at my school, they really had a very, um, very sort of sleek sense of style and were very mm-hmm. into what was what was in and, and and dressed in very simple ways I mean it could literally just be jeans and a sweater but it always looked impeccable mm-hmm. and so I really wanted to imitate that and so there I learned a lot about how to dress and how to dress comfortably and simply but to also make it look really chic yes that's awesome yeah so um what I think is very notable about what you just said is how you on the one hand view fashion as something that you can purposefully choose to present yourself in the way that you want to be perceived but then also um kind of figuring out what works for you and your body and not necessarily um you know, taking that from the current fashion trends, but just rather going by, um, yeah, what what works for your body type and like your personality as well. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I can see in you that you combine these two things. On the one hand, really knowing what works for you, but then at the same time, also picking um, how you present yourself based on how you want to appear. Mm-hmm. I think that is, you know, that's a very powerful thing if you know how to do it (laughs) 
I mean, yeah, it's just, you know, it, it's something that I've just become so used to. Like I don't, um, and I always, you know, I, in a way I kind of admire people that, that don't have that same, um, that they don't really, they, they don't care as much. And it's a, it's a, it is, it is a little freeing. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, for my own sense of, you know, just how I want to, how I want to live and how, how I can't really do without it. Um, because it really has so much to do with, you know, my confidence and how I'm presenting myself and how I'm, you know, and how I'm performing in the world, you know, and it's just that, you know, the way that, the way that we present ourselves is the way in which the world is going to be seeing us. And if I can then sort of, you know, guide perhaps the way in which people might perceive me or, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, sort of take, take hold of that narrative. I think that that's, you know, that's really, that's really powerful. And, you know, it it may sound, I mean, it may sound terribly narcissistic and, you know, and egocentric what I'm saying, but, but it, I mean, I really, I've always, I've recently sort of of the opinion that we're always performing yeah in one way or another that you know life is is a big theater and we're constantly performing we're constantly taking on roles and adapting ourselves to the circumstances and so you know one of the ways you do that in theater is by changing your appearance yes yes and so I think that those rules can really be applied to -to day-to-day life and you know can can help you I mean they're (laughs) There are reasons why they say in job interviews, you should wear certain things and, you know, because people perceive certain colors, certain tailorings, you know, to, you know, to a certain type of person. Some of those are, you know, blatantly, you know, sexist or stereotypical or, you know, they're not, and, but they exist, you know, and and it's, and to avoid them is, you know, is very difficult. Yeah, that's so interesting. So actually, I might want to shift our conversation a little bit from the dressing or like the clothing fashion aspect, and maybe a little bit towards um, the other, you know, towards other way that we can use to curate ourselves. And that, in- that includes um, one thing that you already touched upon just now, and that is kind of the um, activities that you choose to have in your life and that you choose to pursue. And then also, um, and I don't think we necessarily need to speak about that, but the way you talk and the way you, you choose your language, I think that is a super important, um, way to, uh, influence how other people, uh, perceive you as well. Mm -hmm. And, but maybe let's talk a little bit more about the, you know, the things that you choose to actually pursue in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I know that you have, um, you just talked about, we all play roles in your, in our lives, and we take on, you know, different roles with whatever we're doing. So if as a teacher, I, I am conducting myself differently than I do as a girlfriend, and then I do as a friend, and um, as a, like a family member, as a daughter, or something like that, you know, I always I have these different roles, and I will act accordingly to those roles. And um, I just wanted to, I don't know, hear your take on um, what, um, what you think the, the, the activities that you chose in your life have influenced the way you learned to develop that natural poise and things like that. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, so the, the poise thing is interesting. It's interesting that you, you bring that up. Cause so I was, I was a dancer. I was a ballet dancer um, for, for a long time until I was 16 when I moved to Milan and, and then I, I gave it up, but um, you know, I was never, I was never the greatest ballerina ever, but I did enjoy it. And it did teach me a lot of things and it made my body really strong. And, and it taught me how to hold myself, how to carry myself. And it gave me sort of this, this, you know, grace that um, maybe I wouldn't have had otherwise. And mm-hmm. so the rigorous training that I went through um, as, as a dancer really taught me how to hold myself, how to carry myself in, in public. And, and, you know, and I still try, and I think that there's sort of a part of me now, like if, even if I tried, I couldn't, you know, sort of, um, not hold myself that way. And, um, and, and I definitely try to apply those, those rules in, in situations where maybe, you know, it, I'm less comfortable, you know, if, if it's a situation in which, you know, you're nervous or you have to give a presentation or you have to, you know, I try to apply that body language. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so as to sort of, you know, make myself feel, feel more, you know, comfortable, but also to exude that confidence. Um, yes. And so that, and then that sort of training and, you know, being a dancer, um, then, kind of foray into my passion for theater, which, you know, I, I sort of explored in high school a bit and then really and truly in, um, in college where I did a lot of theater. I acted, you know, every semester that I was in college and it was great and I loved it. And that's awesome. Yeah, no. And it was so, it was, it was great the way I could sort of incorporate the linguistic you know, the, the verbal communication and the body language, you know, and sort of meld the two together and, you know, create a character. Yes. Um, but one thing that I will say, which is really, which is, you know, you'll, which I found, and I think that, you know, even if, even if you were to sort of talk to actual, you know, professional actors, they would probably say the same thing, is that you're, when you're taking on a character, you're always accessing something that's authentic to you. Mm-hmm. you're finding points of commonality with your character and I think that that's so interesting especially going off of what you said Ioana about how you take on these different roles right you know you take on these roles of being you know a girlfriend being a teacher being a sister being an aunt and then how how you know but you're still acts you're still authentic you know you're yeah. still yourself but you're accessing you know these different parts of yourself mm-hmm. that would you know that are attuned to what you are the person you are in that moment that is so interesting yeah and so it's not you know because when I say this to people oh you know life is a performance and we're always performing things and you know the 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 natural instinct is to say oh so you're fake all the time you know (laughs) you're you're just you're just pretending you're not being genuine it's like no actually when you are acting you are you are embodying you know, authentic parts of yourself in order to make your character authentic. Mm Because otherwise your character isn't believable. Well, that is very great. I've never thought about it that way. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. So do you think that when we, for example, you know, play theater or when we enact, when we get to the situation where we have to take on different roles, even in our lives, Mm -hmm. do you think that um, switching you know, between roles and like having to play different parts, do you think that eventually 
lets us get to know ourselves more. Yeah, no, yeah. I definitely think so. I mean, I definitely think that it, because, you know, you're, you're aware of different, different sides of yourself, different, you know, different registers and different sort of nuances of your personality and how you connect to different types of people too. I mean, there are ways in which, you know, the way I'm connecting to my mother, the way I'm connecting to my boyfriend or the way I'm connecting to my students is going to be very different. And I'm mm -hmm. accessing different parts of myself and, you know, in different sides of my character, but like, but, but, and sometimes there are commonalities between, you know, between these, you know, I, I find that with my students, you know, the maternal in me comes out, you know, I, I want, you know, you know, and I want to, you know, take care of my students. And so there, there is a maternal instinct there mm -hmm. that I think, um, that I think comes out and, you know, probably, I hope one day when I, you know, when I, when I have children that that would also come out and, you know, and when you take care of someone, I mean, in women, frequently a maternal instinct is, you know, um, is, is a part of that. So I, I definitely think that we, we become aware of different parts of ourselves and also strengths, you know, yeah. strengths and weaknesses, because there will be some, you know, interactions that are harder than others. And that is unique to every person. Mm -hmm. you know, we might find it easier to deal with our peers and less so with children. Or, you know, uh, we might find it hard to interact in romantic relationships, but in familiar relationships, we feel totally comfortable mm -hmm. or vice versa. You know, so I, I think that that definitely comes out um, of these, you know, these nuances of you know of everybody's personality yes oh wow that was so eye-opening I think I just learned a lot about myself and so I can tell you I just discovered about myself when you said that um when we kind of observe ourselves in the situations when we have different roles and we can you know kind of see how we how we take on these roles and see if there are commonalities between the way the ways we do it I think for me how I engage with people in all of my roles is there's always an element of humor I'm always trying to make things lighter or like make situations less uncomfortable or easier or just mm -hmm. more fun by bringing in some sort of humor. I think that is my my thing. I always do that. I do that with my boyfriend. I do it with my student. I even do it with my dissertation supervisor. And sometimes yeah. I <laughs> sometimes I feel a little inappropriate when I crack jokes, but she likes it. So <laughs> there you go. No, but I feel like, yeah, no, I'm 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 very similar. I frequently turn to humor mm -hmm. as, you know, as a way to kind of, you know, dispel any any, you know, anxiety or any um, sort of awkwardness. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I, I try to be funny. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> some people think I'm funny. You know, my boyfriend doesn't think I'm funny, but that's okay. You know, yeah. he just doesn't get my sense of humor. It's a language barrier. No, no. I, I, I chop it up to a language barrier, but. I think you're really funny. I, <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I'm the same. I also never know if people actually think I'm funny. Yesterday I made it, <laughs> yesterday I made a terrible joke. So one of my professors asked me, oh, so you have been um, in a dorm for this entire pandemic 
And then my answer was, oh, yes, I have. And I only got COVID once. And that was a joke, obviously. But he thought it was a serious response. He was like, oh, my God, that's terrible. It's like, no, come on. It's it's all good. It was a joke. And then he, he didn't think it was funny. But it's okay. <laughs> I don't care. No, it's hard. It's hard to know. It's hard to know. But yeah, yeah no, with my students, I'm always, you know, cracking jokes or being sarcastic or, you know, putting them on the spot a little bit. And Yes. It's definitely, it's definitely a good teaching method. It is for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, maybe to wrap this up, I just want to address one topic that is related to what we talked about so far, but also kind of goes into a little bit of a different aspect. So we talked about kind of curating yourself in the, in the way that we can, um, use like fashion as tools to, you know, present ourselves in different ways. We talked about curating yourself in the way that you slip into different roles. And then um, since both of us are PhD students Mm -hmm. at the University of Pennsylvania right now, we both um, may have encountered something that um, I... I don't know. I, it's it's maybe a little bit of a problematic topic, but I think we should we should talk about it because I think it is important. So especially when you are a woman who cares about the way that she conducts herself, that she speaks, and that she also shows up, um, there is a chance that you will encounter people who maybe mm, have like prejudices mm-hmm. against you or like biases based on the way that you actually care about how you look, how you show up, how you, I don't know, just kind of that kind of stuff. And who just kind of generally takes good care of herself in all right. ways. How, have you encountered that? And if so, how do you usually handle that? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely encountered it. I've definitely encountered it. Um, and, you know, and yeah, I mean, there's there's the risk of, you know, when you take care of yourself as a woman or when you dress well or things like that, that you come off, you know, people just assume you're superficial or you're mm-hmm. kind of, you know, vapid or a bimbo. And I've definitely been, um, I've definitely been sort of, you know, put into that category. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and, you know, for everyone who knows me, I'm pretty down to earth. I'm actually, yes, yes. You know, not a superficial person at all. Um, but but that happens, you know, yeah. um, and people, you know, people do judge off of appearances yes. and, you know, dressing well or, you know, looking, um, looking well kept is associated with, and, and being a woman is associated with being superficial or, you know, yes. having, having the wrong kind of priorities. Um, yes. And wait, let me add to that. And also a lot of the time when you look good, people don't think you're smart. That yeah. has happened to me so many times. And it's so it makes times. me mm-hmm. like, I don't know, on the one hand, it makes me really upset because I'm like, why? Like, why do you think that? Mm-hmm. But at the, at the same time, I'm also like, you know what? I don't care because I'm going to show you because, you know, I, I know my shit. Like that's, yeah, I don't no, know. That's- absolutely. No, I definitely know. When I say superficial, I also, I, I mean, like they just don't think that you are bright and that you don't, yeah. that you're not smart. And um, no, absolutely. And it's, I mean, it's, it's sort of a, it's a mixed bag in the sense, like on the one hand, there are people who um, assume that when you dress well, that, you know, your priorities are out of whack, that you spend too much money yes. on clothes or that you're frivolous and, you mm-hmm. know, and that, that I always find to be in very bad taste just because 
nobody know nobody needs to know about other people's fun yeah that's just not contemporary anymore it's not contemporary anymore and also dressing well does not mean spending a lot of money yes like (laughs) look at me my entire wardrobe is from h&m and like i dress zara and uniqlo yeah we're not talking about so you know prada but anyway and then there are the other people that just assume that you're not smart and to those people you know you really can't do anything except sort of you know say two words and then it's clearly evident that you are smart you know my my approach is i always then you know just you kind of just you know shrug it off and and just you know you kind of have to just ignore it and you know be yourself and yeah. you know speak and you know the way you would normally speak about the things that you know very well mm-hmm. and you know and then it just becomes kind of obvious yeah you know, you're not and if that person still thinks the way that they do they're just prejudiced they're yes. just and it has nothing to do it, you know it's just it has nothing to do with reality yeah. it's, it's you know just a projection of their own sense of insecurity yes exactly that's what I tell myself when I when I encounter that and after a while people are still kind of biased towards me and don't want to take me seriously or don't want to you know you know take seriously what I have to say um I think usually it's just because they are insecure themselves and they need to cope uh, in that way. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, there isn't, unfortunately, it's, it's a very common thing that if you're an, even, even regardless of being, taking care of yourself and dressing well, if you're an attractive woman, you know, there's a, there's a very high chance that other people of both sexes will think that you are not, you know, that you are not really, Yes, um, yes. That, um, that bright. And it, it, it's, it's a pity because, you know, we live in a world that's becoming ever more universal and diverse. And it's <laughs> these, these old school patriarchal, you know, rules of the game really shouldn't apply anymore. Yes, um, I agree. And I'm actually, so I can share, I can share maybe one um, story of my personal experience where um, this uh, has hit me and that was not in the US but it was actually in Germany when I was in college um, I was working as a research assistant for a professor and the professor so um, he's he was um, I don't know he for some reason he I applied to the position just like everybody else did I went to the job interview I interviewed and I think I got, I did a good job at the interview. So I, I, I was hired and other people were not. And then after the fact that I was hired, people, um, they told me, oh, she was just hired. Or like, I did, they didn't tell me, obviously, but I heard mm-hmm. through the grapevine that people said, oh, she was just hired because she's a girl and she is, you know, she wears like skirts. And mm-hmm. I was like, that is not what it was for sure. I mean, Yes, both of those are facts. I am a girl and I do wear skirts every <laughs> once in a while, but that was not the reason why I was hired for this job because I actually, I know I, I was, I think I did a good job when I was, you know, working that job as well. So I felt mm-hmm. like it was valid that I, that I got the position. And then, yeah, I'm, I just feel that things might be changing a little bit now with, you know, there are all of, not all of these, but there are some inspirational female figures in positions now that I want to see them in. And mm-hmm. that is really cool. And there are also female figures that I can, to some extent, um, 
relate to. And yeah, so that actually helps me to uh, just don't care about about people who uh, are still thinking that women who take care of themselves or just are, you know, I don't know, who care about their appearance are stupid and superficial. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think think academia has definitely grown in that area. Um, At least, you know, I've been able to encounter some really wonderful and inspiring women that um, have, you know, taken charge of their careers and have been able to grow Um, in academia I'm sure that there were there are plenty of women who would say otherwise and it's 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 not you know it's not really fixable in the Mm -hmm. sense like tomorrow you know it's not something that you just snap your fingers and fix it but um I definitely think that women are much more confident now in themselves and I know I've said confident at least a hundred times in this recording (laughs) but it's something that I care about deeply and it's something that I think you can fake and you know and faking it until you make it is you know is really really true you know you got it you got to take sometimes you just have to take a little bit of a leap of faith and you know fake that confidence and it's and it really, you know, it, it can push you over the finish line. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think that is actually a really nice, um, you know, a nice note to maybe end um, our conversation on because I think, um, you know, faking and faking it until you make it. I think that's how I did it eventually. And um, I think using those tools that we as women have uh, fashion, um, you know, making sure we feel confident based on the way we 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 look and we feel like we 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 look the way we want to be perceived, mm-hmm. and then also um, just doing the things we want. If it's ballet, if it's theater, if it's you know anything else, just do things that make you feel confident, and then bring mm-hmm. out things in you that you want to have seen by other people. So I think that yeah. is very important. Yeah. Thank well, you thank- so much. Yeah. Thank you so no, much. For thank you, Joanna. This was great. I, my first podcast. This is awesome. Congratulations again on the thank podcast. Thank you so much thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. And um, yeah, I'm sure I'll have you back when we uh, talk about, you know, we, before this recording, we talked a little bit about, about uh, plastic surgery and <laughs> Botox. And since the two of us are not getting any younger, that might be worth a recording in the future. So we'll <laughs> yeah starting to show (laughs) yeah for sure (laughs) okay thank you so much Julianne and um I'll see you soon (laughs) yes thank you Joanna Okay, guys, this was it. This was my conversation with my friend, Juliette. I hope you enjoyed it. I have linked her Instagram in um, the description box below if you guys want to go check her out. Um, I think she's a really inspiring person and I hope she can inspire you as well. Um, I just wanted to give you a little perspective on what to expect in the near future with this podcast so I think I will dive into talking a little bit more about school Uh, personally I am a PhD student right now so I am currently in school I have been in school for a very long time and I think I definitely have some things to share about the lessons learned in school and those obviously don't just pertain to school but everything around it and um, in next in the next episode I will talk about 
being in school, but also being cute, like, you know, how you can master having both, like having the education, but also maintaining your own personhood and also, you know, not getting washed up. <laughs> I used this term before today, so I assume you guys know what it means. Um, yeah, so I think I'm going to do that. I'm very interested in that. I think I have been uh, working on myself a lot in those terms over the past couple of years and I think I can definitely give you some tips in the future I might also want to talk about finances in graduate school or like in school in general and how you can make smart financial decisions as a student which I think is um, important nowadays because there are so many distractions and we want to spend so much money on all kinds of things and we shouldn't do that uh, yeah so I think that's where I'm going with this if you think that's a good idea, just please let me know. Also, if you have any requests as for topics that you want me to cover, you can let me know and I will make sure to cover whatever it is. And if I don't know anything about it, I might even invite you on my podcast to talk to me about it because I don't know a lot about many things. So, Okay, guys, so thanks for sticking with me until here. Um, have an amazing rest of your day and I hope to see you next week. Bye, guys.